0: No? I, Yo. Yo. I dream about money. I wake up and count it till my hand get crumped
1: my hand get
0: You HBD clown. Clown. you can't jump the count. An angel above, but she needed a villain to make it complete. Water the wine. Water the wood. the To myself,
2: yelling at the mirror, so what's up, guys? Um, I know it's been a couple weeks since we last checked in, but we are so fortunate. Is Earth
0: still still here? (laughs) Is, 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 is 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 the world still standing? It's
2: miraculous, but it's a miracle. We've made it past the election. Um, Ja got to post the headline of a lifetime and. We are here with a special guest, so it is just one miracle after another. Uh, with us today, we have the one and only Chester Watson, who on Halloween released an album, a Japanese horror film. How's it going, Chester?
1: It's going pretty good.
0: Um, I'm, I'm just chilling, just vibing out. Okay. <laughs> shit man the, the way this election went and the way these votes came in man everything <laughs> <came> in, man. <laughs> right literally yeah there are as far as, I, as, far as i'm concerned there are, there are no outskirts everybody gets credit oh yeah
1: we're yeah. definitely like uh I, I live in like the blue area of georgia for sure uh but yeah i don't know it was it was crazy the election i, it, I went to the polls like the first day and uh it was packed. I was like, wow, this is I didn't even vote the first day I went um, just because it was so full. I was like, this is crazy. This is very inspiring, I would say, just because it wasn't just like young people either. It was just like everybody it was like older, older people. And it was labor. It, I think it was it was like Columbus Day or something. So it was like mad ironic that like everybody was at the polls. <laughs> like, for sure. Like that's when early voting started in uh in georgia so like i'm pretty sure a lot of people went to vote out of spite honestly it was, it was very crazy very funny was this your first election when you voted uh yeah i voted in the primaries but this is like my first like official like presidential election for sure yeah
0: i'm totally okay with everybody doing some type of civic duty that makes everybody better <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm <laughs> thousand percent i, I can for, do that <laughs> a thousand percent for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah hilarious. stick it to columbus yeah, fuck, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Guy. fuck that guy fuck that guy well listen um so you've kind of spent your life chester kind of going back and forth right you were born in st louis but then you've gone back and forth between atlanta and clearwater florida right
1: yeah basically yeah i was born in st louis and then i lived in atlanta like when i was five that's when i moved um we moved to like this place like it was like you know, metro atlanta for sure um and then I moved to Florida when I was like 9 and then I was there until I was like probably like 15 or 16 and then I moved back up to Georgia um and that's kind of where I've been like my mom has been based like ever since. Now
0: your story kind of sounds like mine. I was born in St. Louis too, but I I moved into Atlanta when I was I had just turned 12. When I moved to Atlanta, but my mom was from down here, oh, so wow. I've been here forever. Dang, you're from St. Louis. Shout out, shout out to STL. Yeah. You already <laughs> know. that yeah, so was yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid- Midwest is getting a Midwest is getting a good little uh, a good little plug on the show. <laughs> early.
2: So, um, at what point do you come across hip hop? I read in some interview that it wasn't the first music that you came up loving.
1: Uh, nah. Like I feel like my. Like my knowledge of hip hop before I would say high school was like um like non existent more or less like I had like radio knowledge of like hip hop like i I wasn't like a deep digger, my mom wasn't really too big into hip hop um so but she she was more like uh she liked the t- like the energetic type of like party music that that came out, you know what I'm saying she loves to dance and stuff, so like that was her. Her type of, like, her hip-hop. She was mainly R&B, and uh, obviously I did ballet, so that's, like, super classical influence. And then, um, yeah, other than that, it was mainly just R&B and, like, the stuff that I would play on the radio. It wasn't, like, any, like, like deep cuts or anything that you would get, like, knowing hip-hop music, for sure.
3: You didn't have an interest in, in what you were hearing from the radio?
1: Definitely not. Like, I just... Hip m- rap music wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't like it, but it was like, you know, ATL radio, especially in like the early two thousands, it was nothing but like Lil John and the Eastside Boys, uh, like Usher, um, like stuff like that. You feel me? Ludacris, like there wasn't Young Jeezy, like there wasn't too much shit that I could relate to, as far as like just being a kid, um, and like you know just vibing out there was that's not the type of music that's usually on the radio but um i did like the beats and stuff like that for sure um but nah it, it, listening to the radio definitely did not make me want to be a rapper
0: at all that's crazy that you said you did ballet i don't know how much um i don't know how much backwards digging you've done since becoming uh a, a, you know a, a rapper a hip-hop artist but one of the things that like one of the things that was real big in the Jay-Z mob deep Nas beef was the fact that Jay-Z had found this picture of uh Prodigy. And Prodigy's grandmother ran a dance school. And so as a kid, Prodigy was doing ballet too. And obviously he grew up to be like, you know, an amazing iconic style gangster rapper. But, like, there's the pictures of him doing ballet. And so when people talk about the summer jam screen and getting put on a summer jam screen, like, that's literally what it derives from is because Prodigy's grandmother had a, a dance school, a ballet school where he did ballet. And that was what Jay-Z used to try to, like, jab him as a, like, oh, you're not really a rapper because you danced.
1: Yeah, uh, that's crazy. I didn't even know that um yeah like at all so you definitely just put me on but uh that's definitely we do man podcast man come to learn (laughs) facts i i definitely feel like coming from ballet and just being a rapper i had like it wasn't like i guess the scene back then uh in like like when they came up it's definitely not as like I guess welcoming as uh, the scene that we have now, and even when I first came in like a couple of years ago, um, like in 2013, I feel like um, I, I feel like you know it became because footballs football players started taking ballet for like balance and stuff. It start it became more not not even that it's like a I guess a widely accepted thing now because obviously there is male dancers, but like they're still in like short supply so it's not necessarily like it's widely accepted but i just feel like things men doing things that are considered more feminine that's more accepted um today what no matter what it is it could be ballet it could be uh i don't i don't know there's the lines between masculine and feminine feminine are are blurred you know, so often nowadays that I think um, uh, it's just a lot more understanding, but no, that's definitely wild and kind of funny that Jay-Z was like, yeah, bro, you did ballet, da-da-da. I can like kind of picture the line he said. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's wild.
2: Yeah. Um, so wait, what's a what's another example that you see where I guess people are a little bit more open or a little bit more accepting to, I guess, these different cultures i mean football players and ballet is one um when i was listening to the album too like you even talked about doing yoga and even though i think from a historical standpoint it's not necessarily the case here in the united states i feel like it has this reputation of like being almost like a soul cycle endeavor where it's like you go with your girls and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah no i agree i feel like you know uh yoga and and you know even Pilates, stuff like that has always been looked at as like, oh, this is like a, it's just like a, this is something that women do, you know? Um, Like that's, that's the woman's day. They go to the yoga bar and then go to the spa afterwards, like something like that. Very stereotypical. Um, But yeah, I feel like dressing, uh, -dressing, cross-dressing has become a lot more prevalent. Um, You see Young Thug doing it all the time you see like a lot of these really famous rappers not really caring whether the piece is from the men's collection or the women's collection anymore I think that's a major thing Uh, same thing with jewelry Um, tennis chains and tennis bracelets were like notoriously for women you know they were notoriously like a women's jewelry piece and uh now you see a lot of a lot of guys wearing tennis chains a lot of a lot of of dudes wearing tennis bracelets and stuff like that so i think um fashion for sure um is another place that those lines blur exactly exactly that's it 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 can go on like usually chains used to be really really low like that was the symbol of like oh you're you're a boss is your chain is super super low now it's like the amount of change you have, you know what I mean. Obviously, it's always been that, but they're a lot, you know, like you said, tighter to the neck. Yeah,
0: big boy has a uh, big boy has a line in Skewed on a Barbie where he literally says, "I'm sick of whack ass rappers, like I'm tired of hoes and chokers," and like that <laughs> oh, was what that was what ninety seven, ninety eight yeah when a, when, a I, came, when a yeah. I came out so it's like and this is coming from the guy who was standing next to the guy in a pink wig <laughs> and like okay. high fuzzy yeah. Boot, I, yeah, yeah 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 so it's crazy <laughs> to think that like yes this is the progressive group but here's this guy saying this and now you know 22 years later we're at this place that you're talking about where the the culture is more defined by art than it is by Tough or gangster or anything else, it's just really about expression a lot more than I mean it's always going to be bravado that's just what rap is it's always going to be that machismo element there, but like you said the, 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 the that's not a barrier to entry nowadays that's that's not something that would prevent you know a young kid or anybody really from participating in the culture because like you said, everyone's just more open, everyone is more welcoming. do you think that's made? the music yeah. better do you think that's improved the culture significantly having that welcome that uh, welcome attitude
1: uh yeah for sure i feel like erasing toxic masculinity in any area of life is is, is, is an improvement especially in something as mass consumed as, as as music and hip-hop um i feel like yeah that's honestly what that is 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 tos- toxic masculinity uh working overtime you know in everybody uh a part of whatever institution it is whether it's politics whether it's music whether it's art the art world you know what i mean um i feel like you know once those lines are erased obviously you get a lot more stuff like there was points in time where women couldn't even publish things under their own name like they had to use pseudo names and like their husband's name so it's like just having that you there was a lot of subjects that you couldn't even talk about because of how you know strict and and how how like fucked up everything was when it comes to like that type of thing but yeah i definitely think you know it allows more creativity because it allows people to actually be themselves instead of putting on like a facade
3: indeed um a Japanese horror film when did you start having interest in Japan
1: oh uh extremely early on I feel like that came from my older brothers and like I guess um video games (laughs) that I, I would say that's like the real beginning of like our collective love for Japanese culture that was our introduction um like video games Uh, obviously we had Sega way back in the day like Dreamcast Nintendo like those were really heavily like marketed as like you know Japanese consoles and Asian consoles now you don't really know where the console is coming from but um back then like yeah all these games uh that they that they were just surrounding me by it wasn't even necessarily my choice it's like just kind of the shit you grow up around um they were definitely like very adamant on uh not not even i guess having me be a part of it but like when it's the only thing on tv uh you kind of start learning the ropes and especially like early on like i wanted to play so my mom like made it a point for them to get like four player games on gamecube and stuff like that so like that type of stuff got me like hands on like oh i'm fighting monsters and i'm like using magic spells and stuff like that like that was like definitely the first like intro into a lot of things mythology japanese culture pretty much anything that's in a video game violence you know what i'm saying uh just a whole bunch of crazy stuff but that led to anime and then um like once you get into the anime it's like oh wow you can really choose like what you want to watch, and, like, what type of, uh, vibes you want to digest, because there's everything, um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think once I hit the, once we hit the anime, and anime started becoming more, like, um, broadcast on American TV, was, like, with, like, Toonami, and Maguzi, and, like, uh, just all that stuff on Cartoon Network, that was when, like, I feel like a lot of why you see like it things are the way they are now and everybody's like into it because that was in our faces instead of like um other cartoons and stuff
2: um i'd love to hear about specific titles that um i guess sparked your imagination especially when it comes to the mythology aspect because i think with this album you are doing sort of your own World building. So, what shows or even what video games would you say like captured your attention the most, or maybe inspired you the most?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, I can say uh, honestly that uh, it, it was it's 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 like a wormhole. You don't really understand how many things are connected throughout um, everything. But I would say to start, let's st- let's start with uh, like video games. So well tim burton he's basically like my favorite director he's like my favorite his movies are have always been my favorite throughout my life i didn't even know that uh he made the batman movie like the live action batman movie um with robin or or no with penguin and that was just always my favorite one and i was like and then i got older and i started to like connect the dots um once i started looking into like the composers and stuff like that um like uh, David Elfman does a lot of, of Tim Burton's um, or, or Danny Elfman does a lot of Tim Burton's um, like scoring and he also does scoring for video games and stuff like he does scoring for he did the soundtrack for this game Fable and that that game is like that was probably like my first dive into like immersive worlds like this world is so massive that you can do anything in it and you can feel when you play like that game like that's probably my favorite video game of all time i've never said it because uh i used to sample it so much but now that i'm like playing like, <laughs> and i don't really sample anymore i'm, I'm like i'm that, like you whatever thought you thought you were get
0: that that letter in the mail huh
1: what? <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something. So I I never said anything about it, even though like I would literally I would sample the soundtrack. I would sample like I, I I would use it. I would take notes from it just because like musically it has inspired you know what I do so heavily. Um. Uh, uh, and then uh, for anime, um, I would say like samurai shampoo um afro samurai pretty much anything that has to do with samurais i really fuck with um but there's also like soul eater like the stuff that's on netflix now soul eater uh dead man's wonderland honestly is a really is probably one of my top three but a lot of people don't talk about it that much because um it's only one season i feel like i think it's only one one season most of the good animes are only one season that's what i feel i was about to say i haven't
2: heard of that one but i'm definitely writing that down because i watched samurai shampoo of course because i feel like the Mm hip-hop connection to that show was so abundantly clear but i'm gonna write that down after i finished jojo's uh, bizarre adventure
1: hey that one's dope that one's fire uh jo yeah jojo's is sick i'm still actually watching jojo's but um yeah over the years like soul eater just but dead man's wonderland it's like about basically all these people like these kids and like these people they just have like blood powers and so like they're in this like they're on this island like they kind of like trap them on this island i want to say or or something like that i don't know necessarily the full setup of like the the island because that they don't really focus on too much but it's like this tournament and uh it's very crazy it's very crazy dead man's wonderland for sure it's uh I, w- I would definitely suggest that to anybody attack on titan that's newer so i wouldn't say it's like oh cowboy bebop that's like classic cowboy bebop, samurai shampoo yeah those are like for sure like top two for me um and then afro samurai is top three uh but cowboy bebop I used that early on in, like, Tim Wookie. I sampled Cowboy Bebop. And, uh, a lot of people didn't know where it was from. And that's when I was like, what the fuck? Because I was, like, probably, like, 20, Well, this is 2014? And I was making it 2013. So this is probably, this, I was probably, like, I was literally 16. Like, just a teenager sampling shit. And, uh, yeah, that, that whole, um, he's, like, uh, why do you think, uh, God exists and stuff like that? Basically questioning the existence of like gods and, and, and saying that humans made God as like a coping mechanism. And, uh, when I, when I heard that and when I saw that, cause I, I saw it on TV first, obviously. And I was like, yo, what? Like, because they would absolutely never ever 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 like i had never heard a show a movie anything question god that was something that i had never ever even experienced And i was like this is logical as fuck so like that's when like i started that's when my whole like kind of like mental shifted from like damn christianity because that's how i was raised and i still hold christian values and christian morals but it definitely that was for sure me seeing that that was definitely the catalyst for me being a lot more curious about philosophies and ideologies um and like skeptical about them as well that's
3: interesting especially with that anime being from the 90s and Cowboy pop was like 98, so because it comes into America and, and meets a new audience, it's able to inspire a whole different generation of kids, and you're part of that generation. Do you see your music as something that can inspire in the future? Like, Do you think about being, you know, 20, 30 years from now, people finding your albums and feeling that same way you felt when you discovered something like
1: anime? 100%. I think that's why I I wanted I, that I, well I think that's why first and foremost I've always made really long projects because I, one I've always been super afraid of death so like I'm like damn this is like the only shit I'll be able to release da, da 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 so I just shove a whole bunch of music on it just in case I do die and then niggas don't, aren't can't be like oh this nigga didn't release shit so like the first one was twenty eight or the first one was twenty one songs then the second like tape was 28 songs and then after that i kind of got like pretty chill and but like (laughs) i still kept the whole i need a lot of songs for like an album like i don't feel like an album is supposed to be very too short so that's why this one's uh like 17 but the way that it's structured it's, it's it's more like a movie i wanted it to be digestible um for everybody who who may want to uh like you said learn from it in the future um i want it to be like astral projection is such a it's metaphysical it literally is so it's like it's for a lot of people it's a hard concept to grasp and just even wrap your head around um so i wanted this to be like not necessarily a handbook for astral projection but like a handbook into someone really knowing what astral projection is and what astral projection can do. And so in a sense, yeah, I this is literally like a tutorial kind of, I wanted people to learn from it. I wanted people to take something away from it that they probably would not have gotten anywhere else quicker. Because um, this is a lot of information that I've come across and managed to condense into something that is digestible, like I was saying. So yeah, for sure. I think that's the, that should be the point of music. Obviously there, people make music for times that are to be enjoyed. Um, but I like to make music that people learn from. Um, I think that is where I excel. Not that I can't do the other stuff, but that I feel like that's where I feel like I'm living in my purpose, you
0: know. In in the spirit of being digestible and learning, explain to people who are listening who may not have any idea what the hell that is, what astral projection is. So, to my understanding,
1: um, I feel like astral projection is you being able to bridge uh, between, I guess, realms and universes realms being if there is a spiritual realm you are able to talk to you are able to like interact with things that are dead more or less where time doesn't exist it's just space um and uh i think you also are able to you know traverse through different universes like parallel universes like same people different reality um so there's two two different places that you may end up in my like hypotheses and theories um in a different realm or in a different universe um whether that's the spirit realm heaven or hell whether that's a different universe, uh, like how people, how cartoons would say, this is the bad world. This is like the opposite universe and everything's like flipped. So like, I feel like in these movies and in these cartoons, they've always been trying to tell us things about real life. You know what I'm saying? That you can't just like tell somebody. Like, so they have to romanticize it and, uh, you know, make it fake make it so extraordinarily like that can't be real that is Mm. that they can pass it off as you know what i mean like all right yeah this is straight but i really do (laughs) think that a lot of the shit that we see is like real deal like facts like uh and they just have to figure out a way to subliminally give us that information without you know getting killed themselves or like you know, things like that, because we've seen people get assassinated. We've seen people go missing for releasing information. You know what I mean? I think and that's something that these people who, who make these shows are obviously very aware of um, when they do it, because it all it's all subliminal. It's all like you, you don't notice it surface, surface level at all.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when it comes to approaching this particular album, I mean, there is a... A journey that you Chester the protagonist sort of embarks I I guess I'm curious like how did you approach that world building in particular um, where you're kind of meeting all these different women and there's an empress to meet I guess I'm wondering just like how did you come up with this universe how did you build this world
1: oh yeah for sure um well I knew that the world was already kind of a thing um but I just wasn't as good at explaining it and making it uh a japanese horror film is more or less like a continuation of ten Wookie. uh that's why uh krista k radio she plays the same person and she's like the link she's the tether between my like my my lives you know what i'm saying it's like um You know that's why her first thing is like chester what are you doing here you feel me like she already knows who i am because she knew who i was in a past life or on a past album in this case um ten wookie so that was like the first building block of like all right well somebody who already played a witch that's what she was on on ten wookie um she already played a witch she already had this kind of like uh, I already had this idea of who Crystal would be in my music back then, like, I knew that she would be this snarky, like, witch who was more or less trying to teach me some shit, not, not really trying to lead me astray, but she was doing it in, like, a, like, a big sister, I'm a fuck with you type of way, and, uh, you know, that was, like I said, one of the building blocks, and then, um, I obviously knew that I wanted to um, showcase my knowledge of Japanese culture because I can't say that it's one hundred percent because I still have a lot of research t- to do on it and and to actually go, you know what I mean? Because I've never been, but to showcase like my appreciation and my knowledge and you know basically what my music has felt like. Up until you know this point, I wanted to you know make it a a statement like, all right, if I were to go, like it was kind of like what would happen if I were to go to Japan because I've never been to Japan, so that's kind of like how the idea came up. It was like, damn, what if I went to Japan? What the fuck would would be cool to happen? So then I'm like, okay, let's make this trippy. (laughs) Let's add some fucking monsters. Let's add you know yokai let's add witches let's let's bring in everything that i know about and let's really make this something that i feel like not only kids can relate to but that adults will look at and be like yo this is my creative um, so that was definitely the combination
3: do you do you consider how the fact that you haven't been to japan do you consider how that inspires a different kind of sound for you Instead of like pulling from your actual environment, you're almost imagining a place that is very real, but you never went through the actual experience of being there. So like, how do you draw from that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I know people who live in Japan, and I know people who've been to Japan as well. So like, if I had questions about shit, I would ask them. I'd be like, "Yo, what is what like? What is this shit like? Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Tell me about it. Tell me about your time there. You know what I'm saying?" so that I have, like, I can build an image, you know, that's not solely based on anime, Um, and, like, because there is anime where it's just, like, everyday life Japan, and, uh, you know, that's kind of also where I, you know, drew a lot of, like, my visual imagery from, Uh, but, yeah, it definitely had an influence on it, because I didn't want it to sound like, oh, this is stereotypical oriental music, like, it just sounds like, you know, like, just, just, you know, like, oriental sounding sounds, like, obviously, I wanted those to be in there, exactly, you feel me, it's like, all right, this shit's finna sound like, you know, a Wu-Tang album, you know what I'm saying, like, that's what you probably felt like, so, like, nah, but, like, I did want it to feel like it, it just takes place in Japan more so than it actually being, like, uh, Japanese inspired it's still my life it's still me but I'm just in Japan when this is happening and uh, so therefore like the vibe and the surrounding like there's some surrounding elements that are like I digest like naturally that anyone would digest um, when they're traveling that would you know stick with them like maybe like a sound that you heard playing in a store when you were shopping and now that shit is just stuck in your head all day like that i I still have my rhythm, it's just fusing with this Japanese um
0: vibe yeah as, as as someone who has been to um as someone who has been to Japan before um one time um it it was interesting to hear the album and from that perspective, because I wasn't sure if you had been there before or not, or, you know, how much of this was just a part of, like Christina said, the world building of what you wanted to present. Um, I guess my question is, what what was the creative process for putting this together like? Because it sounds almost like you weren't being led by you know, uh, I I found this particular beat that I like or whatever the case is, it sounds kind of like you had this screenplay written already and you are kind of filling in the gaps and creating the scenes through each song. Yeah, I mean, that's 100%
1: what happened. I had to write the script first Um, and then I had to find the people to say the script. Uh, Like I had to, I knew Crystal was already going to be on it so she was like the first person to like record dialogue that I like kept um and because she came to LA and uh this is when I was standing over there in like a studio with my with my ex-girlfriend and uh we were like we were just recording like where I would usually record and we would she had the script already for like probably like a month or two it was just a matter of us like linking up and so um that happened and then and then uh same thing with dua like uh same thing with everybody most people i i just sent it to um because i i couldn't link up with them simon did the fucking laugh that you hear throughout the whole album um that's simon laughing and like my homies did the other parts of the script like the yokai and then uh like i got you know mani to to be the mermaid and like basically she's the translator for uh that whole atlantis thing um so yeah i had the script and then you know and i had titles of songs So it was more or less like, how do I make music to fit this vibe? Because it's like, in order to write the script, I had to figure out where I was, you know what I'm saying, in the storyline. And so after that, you start to to build the music. I was learning to play uh, guitar. I was learning to play guitar. I was learning to play bass i was you know getting better at playing keys throughout the album so um that's why sonically it sounds like it does because i didn't sample um and it was just me like really trying to make the shit that i would sample myself but like way trippier um and so that's why some of the songs sound like um I don't know. Just they, some of the songs are more like natural bass heavy, and then some of the songs have like the eight hundred eight bass.
2: That's so interesting. I love hearing that you basically had the titles laid out first, and then you were trying to figure out basically how to make that vision come to life. I just think that's so fascinating because typically it's kind of the other way around. You, even though I understand that you've been making this album for I guess like a couple years now, the 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 intention was there the intention was there and the journey was always kind of laid out as such um yeah i don't know i just think that's fascinating
0: how how without getting too far ahead of the, of the album of the moment how far ahead do you have your career planned and is that's a there good any question. chance that like could there be a deviation from what you already have in your mind just based off cuz you're still living an experience right now like that's the one thing i took away from the album is that it sounds so much like you are still on earth but you're also like an alien at the same time <laughs> like somewhere <laughs> super far away and somehow you know what's going on in both places at the same time so like <laughs> yeah is there so i guess the question is do you have this planned out like years down the line and if you do do you leave room for there to be a deviation of some kind as you go along like your regular lived life here
1: uh, yeah um i think i try i've always tried to plan stuff like i've always tried to be like because my mom always told me bro stay 10 steps ahead she didn't say bro but like she said so like <laughs> you, you know she says stay 10 steps ahead so like i took that into every i try to take that into everything whether it's me planning for my homies whether it's me planning for myself and my trajectory because it's like your trajectory is also based on the trajectory of the people around you like so like something for them could pop off and completely change the trajectory of where the whole group is going so i feel like that's where i've always you know kept my friends really close to me i've always if there was a feature on the album it's probably one of my friends it's not really ever like a major feature um Like, I've always, uh, I, because I know that, you know, they're the people who ultimately will make my life more fun. You know, they're the people who are going to be probably traveling with me. They're the people who I'm going to call if some fucked up shit happens. Like, so yeah, I definitely try to plan it out. Uh, at least I would say like a year and a half, two years in advance of like what I want to happen theoretically. Like, realistically, what I want to happen and what I know that I can accomplish. Um, and I also try to make some, like, un, like some wild-ass, like, goals uh, for, like, um, that time span as well. Because you might accomplish that. Um, and and then that would be, like, holy shit. Um, like, when I was younger and in high school, I'd tell everybody, I was like, bro, I'm going to have a name for myself before i graduate and i would just say i said that since fresh first day freshman year i was like bruh i'm gonna people are gonna know me not even my what sophomore year we dropped phantom and that shit blew up and i was like i told you niggas anybody who doubted <laughs> me i'm like for real like <laughs> anybody who was like on some rah-rah like nah bro i did it all of it because i was like yo you have to visualize it for yourself In order for that shit to even Remotely begin to form Like, you really have to To have that mind Like, it, it, like the picture in your head Like, um, yeah bro, I'm gonna have all these synthesizers I'm gonna be surrounded by synthesizers Or like, whatever dream you have for yourself Uh, I'm gonna be the best rapper I'm gonna be da-da-da-da-da The more you talk about it obviously the more people you attract who support that goal and there's all, you're also going to attract people who, you know, want to see that goal fail as well. So there's, there's, there's definitely got to be like quality control of like people who you keep around you as well. And, um, that's another thing my mom told me is like, choose your friends wisely. So like, obviously my mom, she put me on game about a lot of shit early on. Um, she's from St. Louis She was born and raised in St. Louis um, when it was, like, mad rough. I mean, it still is, but, like, when it was, like, mad rough. So, like, I feel like her experience and her, you know, the way that she mm, articulated herself. Because it's not necessarily, parents will try to put their kids on, but it's the way that they say shit sometimes that won't stick. So the way that she articulated herself and the way that she allowed us to articulate ourselves um, definitely helped me develop like that foresight.
2: Wait, how would she articulate things in ways that parents wouldn't? Was, she, was it just about just being straightforward and being honest? Because I guess the parental instinct is to kind of like shield and protect the kids. Like, oh, it's okay, you don't need to know that.
1: Yeah, no, she was definitely very straightforward um like yeah 100 percent. but not she knew like that we weren't to be exposed to like all types of random shit you know what i mean so she had good judgment as a parent but she she also knew that life outside of our house was very unforgiving no matter where we were so she wanted to prepare us for that
3: that's good parenting Sounds like a great lady yeah i agree
1: she's awesome i love her How does she feel
3: about the music?
1: (laughs) She has all of my vinyl, like framed and hung up on the wall. Like (laughs) she's so supportive. Wow. Yeah, she is is ace bonkong for sure, for sure. She is a. She is like she. She's the one who drove me to ballet practice. She's she's always been my supportive. Um. So yeah, she's obviously in the beginning. She was like why are you cursing so much? da 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 You got a sister. <laughs> you got a mom. Uh, And I took that to heart. I was like, yeah, I do have a sister. I wouldn't want people calling y'all out y'all names. So, like, that's when I stopped. I don't really say bitch a lot. I don't really say hoe a lot. I, I rarely ever say cunt in, when I'm rhyming. Like, I don't really say, like, very, like, derogative shit to women in my raps um, because of my mom. Um she was definitely like very very like you need to chill on that for sure for sure like early on um, and it had an effect it made me a better writer
0: it made you kind of find other ways to get the point across without just going down a, a typical road yeah 100%. and
3: writers need that man writers need that uh, a particular song that I really enjoy was Fog I think I really saw the way you were able to write about just not eating and smoking more than you're eating. Like that's obviously true to life, right? You pulled that from a real experience. (laughs) Hacks, Nah, that's (laughs) definitely true.
1: Like, uh, my, like I said, my ex-girlfriend, like, uh, she, like, like we still talk, but we're like separated. Uh, she, she's a very like prominent force in me being like a better person. And, uh, that's another thing. Uh, She should have been on the album, but she's definitely gonna be on the next one. Um, But yeah, she's a very prominent force in like me just being a better person, and like uh, me. I think women in general are prominent forces in like the world being a better place, no matter what. Um,
0: They're significantly better than us. Indeed, one hundred percent. And it's (laughs) it's not even really close. Not even close. It's really not. not, It's really not. And
1: it's kind of crazy that people think the opposite I'm like bro do you like not understand like the amount of shit that women in general juggle uh and then make it look like they're not juggling shit like that's kind of the crazy part obviously I saw that with my mom but like um obviously in women who take care of themselves like this isn't for everybody like obviously there's dudes who ain't shit as well there's women who aren't really shit so like uh, but you know like for the majority and the most part women like uh they want to make shit look pretty. You know what I'm saying? They want they want shit to smell nice. Like that that's them, bro. Like uh so they want they like hygiene, like that's huge because it has to be for them. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's we don't are
0: dirty as hell. <laughs> they, they don't have the
1: luxury of being like that though. You feel me? It's no. like they don't they can't be that way. So it's like uh Definitely uh driving forces, um for sure, and like being better. And that's kind of what that song at least that bar, those uh that chorus was like her, like, yeah, my girl, tell me that I smoke more than I eat. <laughs> you gotta chill <laughs> <laughs> you know nutrients, me? bro. You need nutrients. Literally need to defog, like <laughs> yeah. stop smoking. Like she hates the fact that I burn so much. Uh, so that she's she's a big reason why like I don't really like burn as much anymore as well, and like why I stopped for a long time. Um, but yeah, she's uh she's awesome. My girl told me that I smoke more than I eat. I need to defog. I had to agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, yo, but then Ken said I think we need to cop more trees. Looked at the weed. I had to agree. Yeah. I agree.
2: I agree I just want you to know that um, when my partner and I were listening to your album Outside on the Porch, like when Fog came on he looked at me and was like that is the duality of man <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's so like we fast. had to look
2: at each other and i was like damn it that is true yeah. to life that is too it's- true just eat some lentils damn it come on <laughs>
1: drink some water like some drink some water. Like, like, yeah, drink some, like you don't know how
0: anything. many times I, i've seen my homie argue with i guess it's his ex-girl now too about drinking water like he's all <laughs> he's all whiskey and beer <laughs> all whiskey and beer. And it's like, yo, bro, like just, uh, uh, one you're, glass of uh, water in between the four shots of Jack Daniels, like it's not gonna hurt. Like you're gonna be okay. It's gonna, gonna, be it's you. gonna save be you straight. I promise you, I'm gonna save you from yourself. And it's 100%. just like he don't be trying to hear it at all. Nah.
1: <laughs> nah. Obviously I'm I'm a lot more like receptive to to, to constructive criticism. It sounds that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it definitely but sounds that yeah, way. Yeah. Uh the homie uh and then Kent, you know, he's the other side of it. Like, bro, we're running out of weed, my nigga. We need to that <laughs> help, you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other side of the of the of the equation. So like that's just how it is. That's literally my life. That's literally like the dynamic of like and it, and it felt so that. pure
3: hearing hearing those two frames <laughs> back to back you know your girl and your man they're never saying the same thing ever 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 and ever. that's part that's part of the fog because you don't really know who to listen that's to
1: it's part of the fog you know? it's like damn who should I listen to. Cause I agree right. with both of them. Both <laughs> I, to. I, I
0: should I should stop smoking, but I really would like some more weed. Like. Right. <laughs>
1: the mortal dilemma, for real, for real, like, for sure. That's funny. So how
3: do you How do you decide what moments from your actual life makes it into your music?
1: Uh, I'm usually like a pretty like, like if if I like a joke, it's probably well thought out joke. You know what I mean? So, like, that's kind of how, I like, the jokes in my music to be. Obviously, there's, like, some superficial, like, surface-level jokes and stuff. And, like, funny shit just happens when you're around your friends, no matter who it is. Like, some funny shit's gonna crack off. Especially if they're, like, your your friends, like, your day-one friends. Oh, my, we, we don't stop laughing. Like, we just don't stop laughing. So, it's, it's more so, like the shit that I can actually talk about um and just like you know obviously hindsight is 2020 so like you can you can pick out the the funniest moments of a conversation when you walk away from it um so like I think uh that's that's kind of that's kind of it uh but yeah most times it's just like uh some funny shit will happen and I'll just write it down in like a note or something like in a way that like i thought of it like rhyming in my head after it happened uh like damn i'll write about that shit and i'll just make up a quick rhyme about it and then just jot it down and then then just move on like i I don't really i would like like two bars or something just to like one that says it and then one that i can like go off of you know what i mean from that while i'm still in the same headspace so that makes sense but yeah, that's kind of usually how like shit like that cracks off. Uh, some funny shit will happen. I'll jot it down in like a couplet. And then it'll make it into a song eventually. For your writing
3: process, how long does it usually take you to write a song from start to finish?
1: Uh, Not long at all. You'll see people that I collaborate with. They'll be like, damn, this nigga sent this shit back to me in a day because I usually don't. I don't do anything but make music. Like music is my job. I've been fortunate enough to be paid off of music since I was young, um, or not actually not. Nah, that's a lie. I've fortunate enough to get in the door of making music when I was young, and gradually start making money as I got older. And now, and by the time I was, you know, getting out on my own, I was making enough off of music to sustain myself. Um, cause it's definitely a process. It's not like you get in and boom, you're just making enough to live off of. It wasn't like that, but because I started so early and I didn't really need a lot of the funds that I got when I first started because I was still in high school. Um, it worked out. I obviously I, I knew that I, I learned a lot of the shit that came with the music industry when I was young. And I learned a lot of the shit to stay away from. And uh, obviously that made me reclusive. And, and you can see that in, in how I release music and how I operate on social media in general. It's made me reclusive. Um, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I, I know what happens once you lose your privacy and, and you're like a star so um i definitely try to maintain that and i'm pretty sure that's a big reason as to why like um i'm not super super famous because it's not to say that i couldn't be it's just that obviously one i don't want to sell out and and do some shit that's not me and then two i know what comes with that i know what comes with um with being famous
2: Mm, mm, mm. Uh, that's I'm glad you point that out, because I think in your music, there is that sort of quality of what I initially interpreted as like introvertedness. But there is sort of like that sense of caution where you're kind of looking outward and maybe sensing danger or you're at least trying to assess the situation. And I imagine that's particularly important for being like a, a not mainstream artist, like not a little John essentially mm-hmm. so it's like how do you I guess what I'm wondering is like how do you toe that line I guess um, or rather what, what do you think is the key to success when you are embarking your own creative path versus trying to follow a trend or a wave
1: patience that is the number one thing um, patience with everything patience with yourself patience with the people around you Patience with your craft. Um, The number, I think when people get impatient is when all of these other emotions start to creep in. Is when jealousy starts to creep in. Is when anger starts to creep in. Is when sadness starts to creep in. Is when you, the initial point is you being impatient. You wanting something before the cosmos or before you're ready to receive it uh uh people people say it all the time but a frank ocean lyric comes up in my head all the time he said god gives you what you can handle you know what i'm saying obviously my mom said that when i was younger as well but like god's not going to give you the world if or the cosmos or the universe isn't going to give you the world and all of these things if um Especially if you're dedicated to it It's not going to give it to you And let you burn out with it That's not how I feel like that's not how it works It's reactive Um, The cosmos is very reactive to energy Whatever you pray to is very reactive to energy Whether it's God, whether it's Buddha Whether it's whatever, you know what I'm saying Allah, whether it's, you know, Yah, whatever it's that God is reactive to energy It's reactive to the energy that you give it If you abuse it It's going to abuse you If you It's going to forgive you, obviously It's going to give you chances to redeem yourself um, But my, my ex-girlfriend, she said she, She's the first person who said this to me She was like um, Just in life like the it's like a cage you're in a cage and it's filled with all these things that you like um uh whatever money fame sex uh uh you know whatever the case may be houses uh, cars it's filled with everything you want and you can leave it and and You know, leave all that stuff for and leave the cell. You have numerous times to leave it until it's shut. And then everything's taken away from you and you're just trapped in the cell by yourself with nothing. When you had the opportunity to leave and go experience life outside of the cell. But all of these things you were so caught up in and all of these. It's not that they don't mean anything, but it's just that they didn't suit you. It wasn't for you. Um, that that's your time. Once, and then, and then by the time you realize, you know, or by the time a person realizes that it's too late, it's too late. You know, the cage is closed. So like that's that was very poignant as well. Um, so like those two things.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to go back for a a quick second because we we talked a lot today about, um, you know, uh, theories and hypotheses and things like that, but I want to go back to something and talk about it in a more practical sense because a little while ago you were talking about um, coming into the music industry and being able to uh, make money relatively early on. And I think for a lot of artists, a lot of producers, a lot of creatives in general, even if it's you know outside of music, people are always trying to figure out a way that they can do what they want while being able to like sustain themselves in society, pay rent, pay bills, those kind of things. Um, what were some of the things you think you learned, or some of the opportunities that you think you got early on to be able to make a couple dollars and feel like? Yeah, for the sync from the from the perspective of yes, I'm making money doing this. Now I'm a professional. People are giving me money to do my craft. But what were some of those things you felt like you know, not making millions and millions of dollars, but to be able to be an artist and survive on a not a salary, but it, to make income, to make, you know, a livable wage for yourself while still maintaining, still learning, still grinding, still trying to come up? Um.
1: I definitely attribute it a lot, a lot of it to luck, but on the practical side, um, you really have to know yourself, and like not be blinded by, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes that comes with it. Like you could you could splurge your money on stuff that you see other rappers splurge their money on, or you can splurge your money on equipment so that you can make better music so that you can make more money so it's it's about what you invest your resources into and what you come into it wanting um like I said I obviously got lucky um I can't attribute it a lot of it to a lot of anything because I was so young and I didn't have management and I didn't have uh pretty much anything when Phantom blew up it blew up and I was still going to school every day like nothing was happening so like uh and i feel like that was a moment that i didn't fully seize because i was so young and because i was so um focused on my education and focused on you know doing what i knew what i needed to do as opposed to oh i got 200,000 views i'm dropping out um da 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 i'm like you know like a lot of people do so it's mainly just about you stand true to yourself and i think once people see that you, like you, people who want to help you stay true to yourself gravitate to you um because you can't do it alone it's not something that i can say that i can i i did alone um so like it's 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 obviously about building a team it's about building a trustworthy team who you know uh isn't isn't out to make obviously you want if if they're in your team you want them to be well off that's how you should be as a person um in my opinion um so everybody on my in my circle i want to win so i don't mind if they make money off of me or if they make money off of working with me who gives a fuck you feel know I me mean? great we're both winning we're all winning that's the point but a lot of people don't think like that a lot of people think oh just because this man's taking a percentage i'm getting less da, 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 da. but it's like okay he's also putting in work for you to make more for everybody to make more so i think that's something that a lot of rappers and creatives come into it like oh I gotta do it all myself I gotta be this and be this and be this and be this because they want all of it when you don't want all of it and you're just okay with all right I can live off of this comfortably you attain that goal you attain the goals that you set as long as they're reasonable and fortune comes to those that are prepared um so prepare yourself to attain goals you feel me set yourself up for success and uh that's what you know i did i got a manager obviously i had friends who were already you know not necessarily good at making music but i wasn't good at making music either and i knew that and i knew that like uh i needed people around me to make me a better person um as a writer as a producer as an artist like a visual artist cuz they're going to ask things of me that i wouldn't think to ask of myself so um for sure keep keep people who want you to do good around you is like i think my biggest advice um and and be very cautious of who you keep around you Um, ask them questions ask them yo why are you around me are you just trying to make money off of me a real friend is not gonna have a problem answering that question honestly A real person will be like yeah Of course that's what I'm doing this for But I don't want to take all of your money I don't want to take I want it to be fair And then that's when you build A trust with this person And a different Outside of friendship and business You know what I mean Um, They say you know not to mix business And uh, like your friends and stuff like that But that's not true Especially if you can trust them those are those may be some of the only people that you can trust um when you're doing business with like these like sharks like out here because it's crazy especially when you're young and talented like they will i don't know they'll just take advantage for sure
3: do you have any regrets coming up so young
1: um no no not musically um I feel like I did everything that I needed to musically, uh, obviously in life, (laughs) I made a lot of mistakes, uh, like just being a teenager, you're going to make mistakes as a teenager, but I had a lot of influences around me that a lot of normal teenagers don't have, so I definitely made, like, questionable decisions, I definitely made, like, uh, You know uh, I wouldn't say I regret them But I definitely look back And I'm like damn nigga You should not have done that shit That's fucked up So like um, Yeah I definitely Wish that I hadn't done some things There's a few There's like a couple things That I I, I might feel like I regret Um, But you know that's life You live and you learn And as long as you're open to learning I feel like That's The uh, That's that's what shows a person who's trying to grow and someone who's going to be stuck in their ways forever um and most times people like if you're willing to grow as a person like people want to be around you it's like because you become more like uh i don't even like it's not versatile but like that's kind of the word I'm looking for you become more like just a people person you become more like understanding you become more like a person somebody can confide in confidently and uh you know like you just become more relatable I think for sure
2: um in the album there is a quest like you are searching for your chi and I don't think that's a word that I've heard in a minute but like I guess first explain what that is but then also do you feel like that at this moment now that this album is out, do you feel like you have found your Chi? Um, Well,
1: Chi, she, she's, that's a character. Chi is oh, okay. the Empress of Atlantis. That's her name. But as far as like me finding my like mana and like my tempo, for sure. I definitely think that I found, you know, a zen, especially I was talking to my, I was talking to my manager, Jeff. I was talking to him. I was like, bro, I feel like I've let all a lot of darkness with this album like I feel like it has it was really cathartic like it's such a heavy album sonically um, It's very dark. There's not a lot of very bright moments on the album And I was telling him I was like yo I really feel like I let off like a lot of darkness and like a lot of shit that I had inside of me In general Uh, Whether it was, like, from when I was a kid, obviously I didn't have a bad childhood, but, you know, everybody's angry about something. And, uh, there's songs where I got to let that out, like, Camp, I got to scream for the first time on a song. Like, I just, I was able to let out a lot of emotions, um, on this album, thoroughly. And, uh, sit with it a long time before I, I released it. So, um. Yeah, it was definitely cathartic and I definitely feel like rejuvenated um after leaving after releasing it, you know, after uh releasing it out into the world. Feel like, you know, have, you know, like a a stronger aura. I feel like I have like a a more confident um idea of myself and, you know, my worth as a musician. Um and I'm, I'm more articulate after making this album. Um, I know more about myself through making this album. Um, so yeah, for sure.
2: It's, it's crazy that you say that this is the first time we're hearing you like scream because I think in previous interviews you talked about how as a rapper you kind of want to maintain your cool and like not, it's sort of informed by your ballet training, right? Where you're not like trying to like lash out. But I guess what I'm wondering then is what made you feel comfortable to do that at this particular point to let out the darkness um, and to show that wider range of emotion?
1: Uh, I think it just needed to happen. Um, I think it was just a natural progression as a human, like unlearning things that you were taught that that that, that didn't suit you. Um, and being open to, to changing and evolving as a human. I think that me realizing that was the, the point of like, oh, I can, I can really like do whatever I want. (laughs) Like it's my music. (laughs) (laughs) There was like, there was like a point where it clicked. I was like, yo, I can do whatever I want. It's like, I said it a lot. And then there was just a moment where it just clicked and I was like, yeah, I can really do whatever I want. And I just started doing it. I just started boom 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 i just started like you know literally doing whatever i wanted and just like being fearless being like okay this has gotten me this far like this style let's see how far you know all right let's see how far showing these other emotions get me let's see how far um like let's just see let's see where it takes me like that's kind of that was kind of the vibe and that's kind of like the 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 vibe post album for sure like let's experiment let's let's keep on doing crazier shit Let's, let's let's but obviously still maintaining true to me and you know how i do things
0: I know the question I did want to ask you, though, in regards to, obviously, you know, a, a Jap- the title of the album is A Japanese Horror Film, and we've talked about the ways that Japan has influenced you in, in the music and, you know, how you kind of want to get your message across, but um, how much, if at all, did uh, Afrofuturism play a role in just you as a person in, in your life or especially in the creation of the music? Because when... Um, I forget what song it was. I should have marked it down. But as I was listening to the album, I, um, in my mind, I saw like the Afrofuturism uh, episode of Lovecraft Country, like playing through my mind, and how you know Ruby basically did what you're talking about. It was like an uh, like an astral projection to this other world where she was able to learn about herself find about not even rude, i'm sorry a hippolyta and 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 who hippolyta was and why she was the way she was and she was able to basically um you know travel throughout history and get lessons from these different places and ultimately like there was a um i guess a god a deity of sorts that You know, gave her options, but allowed her the experience to confirm what it was she wanted to confirm about her origins and all that kind of thing. So just talk a little bit about uh, Afrofuturism and just how, if at all, it played a role, you know, in your music.
1: So, yeah, Afrofuturism, uh, I think it's always been like uh, a prevalent thing just in my life, Um, whether it was my mom listening to Erykah Badu and um, or, or me seeing, like, uh, The Wiz when I was younger with, like, Michael Jackson and The Robot. Like, that shit was mad trippy for me. That's, like, low-key one of my favorite movies. But, like, there were so many elements of me seeing, like, Missy Elliott. My mom was a huge Missy Elliott fan. And she's, like, mad Afrofuturist, Busta Rhymes. Uh, Definitely me thinking, um... I think inherently what I do is is afro futuristic, but uh definitely those influences like um the costumes and like um just in video games there's a lot of like futuristic uh scenes and and anime there's a lot of futuristic stuff, hover cars um all types of stuff. So like, um, I think just the idea of the future has always interested me and inherently it becomes Afro futurist because I'm doing it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, that's, it's, it's raw and I'm glad that, you know, I can even somewhat be mentioned in like a light like that. But yeah, I, I've always just been fascinated with time, no matter what it is the past, the future, the present. I've always been fascinated with time. So, um, it doesn't matter when, um, I, I love history. I love the pyramids, um, just as much as I love the future. And I love hover cars and flying motorcycles and stuff. I think it's just about, uh, the duality. Um, more or less so just to follow
3: that up atlantis what is it about the lost city that attracts you
1: there was this band uh jeff told me about this group i forget their names like ah uh, it's like an electronic group he told me this and like it was like a story or like something like it's atlantis was like made from like slaves that survived jumping off of slave ships and like they like adapted to being underwater or something like that and uh that that when Atlantis in general has always fascinated me just because of like it's a lost city under the water i'm a pisces so like anything that has to do with poseidon the ocean um water i'm pretty um, not necessarily like I wanna go there, but like I'm pretty, I wanna know about it, you know, and so, like atlantis, when I heard that there's a loss, a whole fucking city lost this is I was probably super young when i heard when I first heard about atlantis, um maybe the Little mermaid or something like that, <laughs> like when I first heard like for real, like I feel like it was very early on when I heard about Atlantis. And so, like, I was already like, yo, that's trippy. Like, it's just mad crazy, like, that that could even be possible. Like, a city underwater where people are alive. You feel me? Like, that's crazy to me. So, like, um, they did it in Futurama. That's another instance that stuck with me when Fry and Leela and, like, all of them, they went to, like, Atlantis. Anytime someone goes to Atlantis, it's usually fucking raw. So, like, that's why I was like, yo, yeah, I need to put Atlantis <laughs> in there.
3: I'm not mad at that.
0: Um, okay, I got one last thing, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Um, all the only thing I noticed in the album is that uh, Nipsey Hussle makes more than one appearance as far as uh, references. Um, just what what is your relationship with? nipsey his music his message um just what he stood for what is what does nipsey hustle mean to you
1: uh nipsey hustle oh man he meant it's crazy because i believe life is just wild uh like before he died he had started getting a lot of press uh and that's i had obviously known about nipsey hustle before then and i had seen everybody knows the interview of him talking about Real estate, you know, I want to invest, da 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 when he was mad young. I had seen that dumb early, like on in my career. And that was one of the things that made me not want to spend my money on dumb shit, you know what I mean? Was was literally that interview. So like I didn't necessarily get into his music too deep. But like as a person, as like an ideological figure that, you know, uh invest that always stuck with me because he was young he was my age he was like he was mad young when he did that interview and I I was like damn he's like definitely my age and he's thinking like that why don't why am I not thinking like that so I started and then obviously like closer to the time that he died I think the first thing that got me back into him was like he did like this GQ couples questions thing with Lauren London and that was like the first bit of like Press obviously I would see like snippets of him on like Genius and like uh like these radio stations but like that was the the first interview that I like fully watched of like Nipsey and it was him interacting with his girl and I was like damn that's fresh as fuck so like then I started looking deeper into him and this was like this is like a little bit after my birthday I'm pretty sure he died in he died at the end of March so like yeah he died at the end of march My, my birthday is march 16th so i was getting into him like around my birthday like a little bit before then and then um and then he passed away and then obviously once that happened like i i just dove into it and then i had always known that he was you know very like wise but he dropped i have a book that he that he mentioned in that interview is called the the way of the superior man. It's a really good book. Um so I I bought that book and read it cuz he he uh he he suggested it. And uh you know just what he stood for helping out the community. Eventually I want to, you know, start some in St. Louis and I want to start something in Atlanta and and in LA and in like these places where in Florida as well, you know, these places where I grew up where I had resources but there can always be more resources and there and in some of these places there weren't resources at all. So definitely that aspect, you know, what he stood for, just being a business and and making something for yourself, he represented change in a very literal sense. He went from it's like some Malcolm X shit, like for real for real. Like he went from a real deal gangster, real deal thug, crip, 62, like, real, real, really 60s. So it's like, really out here, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and he changed himself for the better. Like, that's so admirable. Like, what is not to respect about someone like that? And uh, if any, if I'm going to look up to anybody, it'll be someone like that. You know, if I'm going to rap about anybody, it'll be someone like that, you know? So that, like, if anybody wants to learn from me, they know who I'm learning from. They know who I'm taking notes from. So, like, hell yeah. Had to shout out Nipsey. Every song. Well, not every song, but, like, a lot of songs for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Marathon continues. I got some marathon boxers. They don't even sell them shits no more. I got some, I got two marathon shirts. Like, yeah, Like, for real, for real. Like, I fuck with Nip. I fuck with everything he stood for. It's just, it's tragic.
3: How has Jeff
1: Wise changed your life? Oh yeah, Jeff. Wow, Jeff is. He's one of the main reasons that, you know, I'm in the position that I'm in. Obviously, my craft. That's what. I, that's one of the things that I was saying. Like my, your craft can only take you so far, without proper management, without somebody who understands your trajectory. Jeff took an opportunity on me. He literally started a whole label off of the strength of how much he liked my music and how much he respected me as a person, and uh, how like how just our love for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that's really like he's like a real like mentor, like big brother figure to me. So like anytime I have like life problems, not even just music, uh, I would go to Jeff even before he was my manager. I would just ask him because I knew he was wise. Um, no pun intended. You feel me? But I knew that he was very smart, <laughs> and like I knew that, like just off his writing, that was what initially attracted me to 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 Jeff was how he wrote. Um, I I was always attracted and in, like into like very like sarcastic as writers and very like uh, conversational writers that were extremely well spoken and like eloquent and used big words like that was uh like I had read the writing reached out to him sent him, the sh- sent him that and he had been vouching for me ever since like as soon as he heard my music he 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 knew like he literally knew like there was nothing there was no buffer between him hearing my music and him fucking with me you feel me like it was like oh he heard my music and fucked with me like there's There's a lot of people who like waited to fuck with me and shit like that, but he just knew as soon as he heard me. And then as we got to like, you know, grow closer as friends, like, like my first time I went out to LA, I stayed at his crib, slept on his couch, like first time ever, ever going to LA, um, ever doing a show in LA, like he's, he's shown me so much, like, and in, in the business and how to conduct myself as like a business person and like life I don't know Jeff is he's a cool dude he's a good guy he's uh he's given me a lot of opportunities he's given a lot of my friends opportunities um yeah bro there's not I don't know man he's definitely changed my life as well as like I said my friends he's helped me change my friend's life you know there's just so many things uh so many things i was over in europe him and Haley, uh they they like set it up for me obviously i could have got around but i was like 18 17 just turned 18 planning a europe tour they weren't even my managers like at all (laughs) and they did that for me like I don't know, there's just so much that Goes on behind the scenes That like, I don't Not that I don't rap about it, but it's just like Everybody who was involved knows what went down So like You know, I don't know Like, he's he's just done a lot Like, that's, that's just a testament of like He didn't take shit from the Europe tour either Like, it's kind of crazy I didn't really make that much But like, they literally set that shit up and then I was like, yeah, you guys are my managers. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> guys, what like, they, like they set up a whole year tour. All
2: right. My final question is this. Uh, what's a song off of a Japanese horror film that you're most proud to have done where you're like, oh, shit. Like, I did that.
1: Uh, I would say. Damn. I would say. New jobs And Ronin the those is between those two for me because new job is was kind of the one that sparked the different production it sparked the tempo for a lot of the album um it sparked the tempo for a lot of the songs that I made after it um and it, it just and and just the way that I was rapping on that song built a structure like for me and like my pattern it, it was it was a significant change in how i started rapping was it started with new jobs and ronan because of how i was able to like say what i said um how i was able to talk about a dream being a plane of existence that like we have no tangible connection to we do you know what I'm saying? We we go there, but being able to adequately explain it as like its own world that you can roam through. In 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 not a lot of words. Like being able to present the idea concisely. I was impressed with myself that I was able to do that. Um and blend it. You know, like I said, that came after New is So it had that pattern of water flow like that's literally what i call it like just water flow like you it's endless and it seems like i'm not breathing and like it, that's that's when i made new job as i knew i was like yeah this is definitely going in the aquatic section of this album because i just felt water i was like yo this is water this is this is smooth and um yeah and it's also like a storm it can brew you can take parts from it that are like they hit and uh yeah man those are the two for me New job isn't running
2: yeah well typically um when we've done interviews for this podcast you would have been sitting at our dining room table and i would have been like thank you so much for coming over our house and recording this <laughs> podcast with us uh the fact that we were able to do this virtually means a lot to us um i know we're all you know beaming in from Atlanta, but we appreciate it so, so much. And we're just really excited to be able to talk with you. So appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate being able to talk about these ideas um, with such, you know, well-spoken and well, well-versed well people. Um, it's always an honor and it's always uh, amazing and to be uh, able to speak and it's humbling. So thank you guys for presenting the opportunity and allowing me to speak on these things so freely
2: well something to say is produced in the swats by michael saba if you are interested in supporting this podcast head over to patreon.com slash something to say and thanks so much again to chester and to jeff weiss for setting this up for us